This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to another episode of the No Ceilings Podcast. I am Tyler Metcalf, joined as always by the Grand Duke of Gifts, the conductor of chaos, the middle manager of madness, Tyler Rucker. Rucker, how are we doing? The middle manager of <laughs> madness. Where did that come from? I mean, I'm getting Apollo Creed nicknames now. That was good. I like it, Metcalf. Um, just, just, I'm doing good. Just plugging along. Um, we're almost in October, which is a, a huge accomplishment for no ceilings for draft season. Um, you know, we're getting, we're really getting to that light at the end of the tunnel, Metcalf. I feel like I posted today on the no ceilings Twitter account, like talking about the countdown of like no ceilings returning college basketball, NBA. It's unbelievable. Um, well, we got preseason games Friday in the NBA. Yeah. yeah. Unreal. Just, just a, Real treat for everyone, but I'm doing good. How about yourself, uh, Mr. Metcalf? How are we doing? Fantastic. Just beautiful fall weather, puppy sitting uh, for the through the rest of the weekend. So listeners, if it sounds like my house is collapsing around me, um, it might be. And I yeah. apologize for that. I, I will try to work this mute button as, uh, as efficiently as possible, but no promises. And, um, you know, we, get, we, we got Minnesota homecoming the, this weekend. The, the Gophers. One of the best teams in football right now. Exciting Who are they stuff. playing? Uh, Purdue. So it, it, oh. it should be it should be a win, but you know it. Regardless, f- there will be fun times had, anyways. So yeah, you got to get your fun out of the way now because you know we got real fun and it is hilarious. Like I've been just warning my fiance about the storm that's coming of draft season, and it's going to be funny to progress. Like month two, I feel like she's going to look at me and be like, what is wrong with you? Like you're <laughs> staying up till two and you're waking up at five. What What is wrong with you? And I'm going to be like, yeah, here we go. Welcome to the beast. So, um, yeah, Metcalf, that sounds like a heck of a weekend. Yeah, it should be a good time. Uh, but this episode should also be a fun one. We, yeah. uh, put, we got back in the groove of diving deep into uh, some high school tape and we're breaking down a couple more freshmen today in Brandon Miller and Kaysen Wallace. Uh, but real quick, before we get to those, uh, just a couple house cleaning things and announcements for no ceilings. So this season, no ceilings will be partnering with playback and we're going to be doing our first stream of um, next Monday on October 3rd at 7 30 PM Eastern time. And we're going to be going through uh, the FIBA uh, championship game of Victor versus Chet. And we're going to dive into everything that goes into that game. So it should be a fun time to either 
for you listeners for just to watch that game for maybe the first time or kind of sit with us and hang out with us and kind of get our thoughts as we go through a game and how we scout and what we see and stuff like that. So um, that's next Monday, October 3rd, 7 p.m. Eastern time, and it should be a lot of fun. It's going to be an absolute humongous development this year for No Ceilings. We've been working on this for a couple months. Um, shout out to Playback for reaching out to us with, yeah. with this opportunity. We're just foaming at the mouth to do this. And, and for everyone listening, you know, this is, we're obviously starting with the Victor Chet game that's gotten a lot of buzz over the last couple of months. And it's going to be a fun wrinkle to kind of, obviously people have watched it when you get to see guys, not just Chet, but like that's Jaden Ivey, that's Johnny Davis. There's a lot of talent in those games, but it's going to be fun to kind of have a different perspective of looking at Chet and now Victor with the incoming class, but we're going to be doing this all year. Um, We're going to be the whole squad. We're going to have a lot of games that we're going to be breaking down during the college basketball season. Um, Maybe even international play. It's going to be a really cool exercise. And for everyone that's not familiar with playback, it's pretty much a live stream um, that we'll be watching the games together. You guys can interact and chat with us the whole time. But like Metcalf says, it's going to be a great exercise to kind of show everyone like this is what we're looking at. This is what impressed us in live action, live speed. And um, I think it's going to be awesome. I think it's going to be so much fun and, it's going to be great to interact with fans and, you know, we're already making lists of games we want to do, which um, we were, we're kind of working on maybe potentially trying to do Scoot versus Victor. So that might be in the works with a couple other guys on our team. So yeah, everyone make sure you check that out. Um, you know, th- this is a big deal. One of many big deals and announcements that are coming forward, but we're pumped out of our mind for playback. And I- I'm excited to do a lot of them with Metcalf because you guys are going to see just how crazy we are when we're scouting people and in live action. So yeah, I'm, I'm excited about it. Really juiced. We've been working hard. Yeah. And, and you mentioned Victor and Scoot who, you know, fingers crossed, everyone makes it to Vegas next week. Uh, you know, they, they are scheduled to play on Tuesday and Thursday and a um, couple of our guys, including you will be in the house. So before we get into these player deep dives, I, yeah. I want to just kind of preview those games and talk to you a little bit about what your expectations are. What are you hoping to see? Um, just what what are your feelings leading up to that? Because we've never really had a, a matchup necessarily like this between two guys who are viewed as, you know, potential franchise cornerstone, like surefire bets. Yeah, I mean, I, I haven't even, you know, me and Albert are going to be going um to vegas i haven't even talked to you metcalf about this but like i'm i'm going out of town this weekend for a little last kind of uh relaxing trip with my fiance and i don't want to admit to her but i feel like in the back of my mind the whole time i'm just going to be thinking about that game because like you said we have not gotten an opportunity like this where it's the number one international prospect is going to come over and probably play against the number one united states prospect preseason g league um, I'm expecting there's going to be every executive possible there. I hope both the guys play two games. It's supposed to be Tuesday and Thursday for everyone listening. Thursday's game is earlier, so make sure you check out the schedule. Um, I believe West Coast time is going to be around 12, but don't quote me on that. But yeah, I- I'm really excited, Metcalf. It's 
me and Albert did this trip last year to Vegas to go kind of get a um, an in-person look at Chet because I was like, this is the guy that I need to see in person. We've talked about this with scouting. Like, you need to go see some guys in person if you think you're going to be puzzled about him. And I feel like me and you are slowly becoming the no ceilings guys that are a little <laughs> lukewarm on Victor. He does some unbelievable stuff, but I just, yeah, this is definitely something I want to see in person. And I'm excited to eventually get on the pod and talk to you about it. But um, yeah, I, I, I'm foaming at the mouth. I, that's going to be a heck of a start to the year is getting to see that. And I'm really excited to watch scoot. I think, I would be lying right now if I would say I have a weird vibe that I'm going to leave that trip with a better feel for Scoot than Victor. Like, I feel like I'm going to leave that being like, all right, here we go. But what are you, what are you thinking going into that game? Cause we're all going to be watching. Yeah. Spoiler alert. The whole draft community is we're getting this to start out the year. Like everyone's like, okay, this is how you hit the the red or the green light button. But what are you thinking Metcalf? How do you feel like the games would go? Do you think they play both? Um, I would be very upset if they don't play both. Yeah. I I would be shocked also. Like why would Victor not play both? Why would Scoot not play both? I know it's preseason, but still, come on. This is why you're here. Yeah. The, the only way I don't see them playing both is obviously if one gets injured, you know, knock on wood, um, you know, avoid any curses that you can. Um, or if one of them just has like an, a shockingly awful first game and then we get some report of back tightness or a, a tight groin or, you know, some mild, injury that maybe wasn't actually there but at the same time it's like oh this did not go as planned and this is a really bad start i would i would hate that because i'd be like why why are you shying away from this like come back stronger and like fuck them up the next game but that that though that would be the only way i don't see them playing both because this is just a huge opportunity for both of them like you said I'm imagining basically every executive and scout in the NBA to be there. Um, it's going to be televised. That's a long way for the Metropolitans to fly. What's the point of flying all the way over and not playing? There isn't any. And if, you know, Victor comes out to Vegas and dominates in person and dominates guys who are going to be in the NBA sooner rather than later, and some guys who have been in the NBA, it's going to be a great starting point for him because obviously he's, you know, playing in Europe and inevitably is going to get the, Oh, well, he's playing against lesser competition. How good is he really? Which both you and I, you know, vehemently push against. We think that's nonsense, but he's going to get that like all European players do. And if he comes over, starts the year off with two 30 point games, 15 rebounds, five blocks a piece, couple assists, couple steals and like scoring efficiently. It's like, I can do this against fucking anybody. Throw whoever you want in front of me, and I will take them out. It is not a fluke. It is not just a EuroLeague thing. It is not just, uh, you know, I'm not just a circus sideshow. I am going to be the future of the NBA. And I, I think it's a big statement for him to make. Similarly with Scoot, it's like, hey, look, more pros for me to blow past and, you know, dissect with my playmaking and hound full court defensively. So I think it's just a huge opportunity for both of them. I, it's a statement game. 
there are going to be statement games. I don't care what anyone says. I don't care how if people try to downplay it. Scoot knows what's in line for this game because I, I like I just said, I would be shocked if not every potential executive is there or every scout is there. You're going to get an opportunity to see potentially the top two picks in the draft go toe to toe. Um, and, and it ain't going to happen any other way. So yeah, Scoot's going to be wanting to prove something. And, and Scoot also is going to understand like I could really send a message to everyone with behind the scenes, the G league ignite. Um, and when that got announced or that started rumbling, I'm sure Scoot was starting to lick his chops of like, okay, here's here's the real statement game that I got to go crazy for two games. And, and on the other side, this is for Victor. Victor is a confident kid. He's he's yeah. he's the hype, he's the buzz, but he knows how good he can be. And it's his opportunity to go against the the G League Ignite team's got a nice roster. They announced their roster today. They got some good vets. They got some good young talent. They're going to be fun. Mm-hmm. And it, it's going to be really interesting to see what those superstars can do because I'm not trying to sound like a buzzkill here. Also, the other guys on those rosters understand what's got at stake. They understand yeah. a lot of eyes are going to be on them. The Leonard Millers, like City Sissoko, like all those guys are like, hey, you're talking about Victor and Scoot. You better be remembering me. Like this is my time to show. So, so it'll be interesting to see who forces the issue, who tries to really put up like a, a big game, and who sticks with the program, who plays team basketball. Because this is also going to be very fascinating with it being such an early season game for the ignite. You know, the the ninety twos have had a couple games under their belt, but um this is going to be another step up in competition for them like it's it's just going to be really really cool and i love that the nba did this i think this is brilliant and this is the direction they should be going in moving forward why not do this all the time why would you not try to bring both basketball worlds together bring in international and the g league like that is a great move and, and i love it so i'm very very excited as you probably can tell by my rambling What's right, your prediction? Well, hit hit me with it before we get in the, the dive. What's your prediction? Do you think Victor or Scoot? I keep wanting to say Chet because we just talked about the Chet episode, so I'm sorry, but Victor or Scoot? Um, like, who, who am I going to come away with, like, ranked higher? Yeah. I I still think Scoot, um, I, I just based on how my board is now, um, you know, I'm not steering away from that yet. Um, I, I just... I, I just need to see Victor do more than being a play finisher on offense. And I, he's an incredible play finisher. Like you can't, <laughs> they're running him off screens for backdoor lobs. And I, you know, I think he's going to be a really good shooter. Um, but whether it's in the post or on the perimeter or in the mid range from the elbow, I just, I just need to see him do something that involves more than two dribbles. Um, and that, that, that's the biggest thing for me right now. And I think this is going to be a really big and a really good test for that i think scoot's gonna look fantastic and then i think i'm gonna see victor in person yeah he's gonna look like the blue monster from space jam (laughs) the original the good one yeah um i haven't seen the second one but don't proud to say that yeah Yeah. that's what i've heard from everyone two hours Um, of my life i'm never getting back (laughs) 
but I'm, I'm convinced he's going to look like the blue monster. And I'm just going to be like, shit, Scoot looks awesome. But then I'm going to be like, this dude is humongous. Like I, yeah. I've, I feel like it's going to be seeing like the eighth wonder of the world when you see Victor walk around the court. So, um, but it's gonna be interesting because he just came off a game where he kind of got in some foul trouble and struggled a little bit. And I'm excited to get back into that film and watch it. So this is this is the uh it's just like a golden ticket for draft season for no ceilings year two. I was just like, whoo, yes, Vegas, Scoot and Victor, like sign me up. That's a great way to start the the second year of the no ceilings monster. So yeah, Metcalf, now I'm pumped up. I wasn't expecting you to go into that talk, but now I'm about to flip my desk. Um, let's talk some prospects before I get out of hand. Yeah, so we will certainly cover those games next week and talk more about your reactions and all of that. But yeah. let's start off uh, today's conversation and dive into with uh, Brandon Miller, uh, small forward, 6'9", 200 pounds, going to the University of Alabama. So when, when you watch Brandon Miller, what gets you excited about his game? I'm in a dangerous world with Brandon Miller and Metcalf. I didn't tell you this before we started recording. What am I missing? Like, I love him. Yeah. I, I feel like this is a lottery pick. Um, and I know I'm drinking a lot of Kool-Aid. But he's just got, he moves, he's lengthy, he's got great size. I feel like he's just so smooth on the court and there's brilliant flashes everywhere. Um, You know, even going back and looking at his high school numbers, like he averaged as a junior 23.3 points, 8 rebounds, 4.3 assists, 2.6 blocks, 2.3 steals. Tennessee boys basketball player of the year pretty good accomplishment um he was 2021 22 both years tennessee gatorade player of the year which is another humongous accomplishment and uh as a senior 24.1 points 8.5 rebounds 4.3 assists 2.3 steals per game he's lengthy as shit i want to know his wingspan more than anyone in the drafts (laughs) i don't care about victors i want to know brandon miller's wingspan because he's just so long but it's it's not this raw super like needs a lot of time potential because he moves just effortlessly. Like he moves and glides all over the court. And I think that's what just, I keep like shaking my head. Like, man, I Alabama's got a, a dog potentially. Like I'm very excited to watch these games and I like the shot. Mm-hmm. I really do. I, I think it's quick. Um, it almost, Sometimes seems like it's too quick. Like he almost releases it a little too early. Does that make sense? What I'm trying to say? Yeah. But, um, you know, I, I watched the game. He, he went one for nine and I was like, every one of those shots looks good. It's just, Mm -hmm. you're just off. And then the one he made, I was like, that was the most impressive one because it was like a step back, like on the move. So I, I, I like a lot of his game. I think I'm going to fall in love. Like, I, I really do think there's some serious tools there to this could be a guy that it doesn't take long, but all of a sudden Brandon Miller's screaming up draft boards. What about you? What'd you think? I, I, I love him. 
I yeah. he's just exactly the type of you know wing that I always fall in love with. Um, I I, I want to start with the shot because. Mm-hmm. He was a little streaky from outside. Yeah. But I have no concerns over his outside shot. Um, like in the long run. Like I think he's gonna be a really good shooter, even though, like you said, there would be games where he goes one of seven, oh for five. Um, but then he, you know, I think it was at the McDonald's All American game where he went like six of seven or something from three and he was on fire. And the reason I don't really care that much about the high school results of the shot is because the mechanics look good from outside and he was taking a wide variety of shots. They weren't just these standstill wide open catch and shoot jumpers. They were off the dribble step backs, movement threes. They were really tough shots. And then when you just bring him in, you know, 10 feet and he's in the mid range, he's, he consistently knocked down a lot of really tough jumpers with, similar step backs or post up like mid post fadeaways and just really contested stuff. But the mechanics were the same. They were still consistent. They were sound and his confidence in all three levels of shooting and scoring was so impressive that for me, it wasn't, I didn't come away with like, ah, he's going to struggle shooting from outside. Maybe he will, but four years from now, I think he's going to be, you know, high thirties as a three point shooter. And the fact that he's at this age and taking the variety of shots and the, you know, various levels of difficulty. Um, I, th- I think it's just a really encouraging sign for the type of shooter and scorer that he could really continue to grow into. He, so he's thin framed. Um, I'm sorry if you mentioned that, but he's at what he's listed around six, nine, like 200, 205. Yeah. He's thin framed. He gives me a lot of Devin Vassell vibes when it comes to just like his body yeah. in college. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that's what jumped out at me immediately. And I'm not, he's not the defender that Devin Vassell was, but he, he just like looks like that type of player when he's running on the court where he's just gliding from side to side. And I thought he's, He's got some stuff he's got to work on. Like his dribble can get a little high. Understandably, yep. six nine, and he's trying to. But he's got handles. He's got some wiggle. He can get through traffic. He can navigate. He can stop on a dime. Like there's a lot of good. We, me, and you talk about this with these prospect types. The foundation. Like, what is the foundation? There's a lot of good foundation with his game that I'm like, there could be some really good growth in a hurry, and especially in one year. But like it, it's going to come down because uh, he's thin framed. He's just got to be willing to put on some good weight, which his frame looks like it will take that. But he's going to have to play physical. He's going to have to toughen up. He's going to have to, you know, welcome contact, finishing around the basket as a freshman, which I think he can finish. But um, yeah. I I like a lot with his game. I really, really do. And this is the one I feel like I'm putting this one in bold because I'm like, some people have them a lot lower and I'm like, this could heat up fast because this is the wing with the skill set that every NBA team wants to get on their roster and their organization and just groom and let him just explode into this weapon. And he looks like he's going to have that multi-level scoring ability because I'm like, you, the shot, even if it was streaky, it really looks like it's it's not going to worry me. I'm not no. worried about it at all. And if it starts getting consistent, it's a dangerous player right there. Yeah, so I, I want to talk about 
his handles because like when we're obviously nitpicking and stuff right now, that was where I came away the least excited. And mm-hmm. in pure isolation stuff, there was some encouraging signs where he would go between his legs and hang dribble into like a mid-range pull-up. It's like, oh, okay, that, that was nice. But I never felt like he had like that great of a first step, like his explosiveness um, off the dribble at left a little to be desired for me. Um, And then once he was like really put under pressure with his handle and not allowed to just kind of do whatever he wanted, that was where I was like, Oh, you're getting a little sloppy with it. That's where your dribbles getting high and you're fumbling and you're kind of, you know, tripping over yourself almost. So do do you have, where are you at with his handle? Are you encouraged by it? Do you think there's room to build on and probably a lesser role at Alabama? Do you think it'll be less of an issue? I'm I'm right there with you. I thought it seems like once it, it's tough to start, get going for it. Like his handles, if that makes sense. Like once yeah. the, the, the loading process to like start it is a little brutal. Cause I, I don't know if it's like indecisiveness of what to do with the ball or, if he has like an idea, but he's just not sure. And like, that could also just be something that just needs reps and maybe it's improved. And that's also something where like, you would like to go back and be like, okay, let me compare the junior film to the senior film as a high school prospect. I don't know. I I don't think it's going to be problematic um, at college. I feel like there was a couple times on tape where I'm like, Oh, here we go. He's going to get picked. And then all of a sudden he like countered. And I was like, Oh yeah. Like, all right. Okay. I wasn't expecting that. And um, I, I think it's, it's promising to me. Like it, it looks like it's going to have a good foundation to build off of, but you know, going to Bama, playing in the sec, you're going to have to make sure you hold on to that ball. Cause they're going to have a lot of nasty defenders and guys come on all over you and they're going to be physical. So I'm not sure. Um, I, I just don't think it was something that I was like, Oh gosh, like don't put the ball yeah. on the floor but I think it's something that he's just going to have to learn to, to really slow down, which is tough for guys like incoming freshmen. But what about you? I mean, are you thinking that's the area? Is that going to be the Achilles heel for him? That, that was the big one for me. And, you know, when we're watching all these guys in the back of my head, I'm, you know, always thinking, okay, is this guy really a one and done? Um, because you have to be really fucking good to be a one and done most yes. of the time, other or you just have really bad advisors. Um, but with him, I was like, okay, the shot, yeah, that's a one and done shot. The size, that's one and done size. Those are one and done physical tools. Um, even like the passing and general basketball IQ on both sides of the floor, I was like, okay, yeah, that that's stuff that could lead to a one and done player. But then it's like a lot of one and done wings show some sort of on ball creation and if that handle doesn't tighten up then it's like oh is is it really good enough to really get there and if it's if the handle continues to struggle or be really inconsistent under pressure all year then it's okay to be a one and done that outside shot is really gonna have to be more consistent and you're going to have to start knocking down these threes at a little higher clip to compensate for that kind of lack of on-ball creation. So I don't know. It, it's tough because he's, it's like you said, he's not a bad ball handler and there was never a time where I'm like, Oh God, if he puts it on the floor, it's a turnover. But when he was pressed, when he was blitzed out of the pick and roll, there was stuff where it's like, that's, 
it's sloppy. It's like you're panicking. You see a little bit of pressure and you're panicking and your eyes and your hands aren't aligning with what you want them to do. Um, so maybe it's just a rep thing where he figures it out. Uh, maybe it's a role thing where it becomes less of an issue and he's never really asked to do that because they do have, you know, a couple older guards who can, who will likely lead and initiate most of the offense. Um, but that, for me, that was the big one where it's like, what, how, how much is that going to improve from the last time we saw you play high school to your first game as a freshman? Yeah, I think you're spot on with this is a, a, a definite swing guy where I could see him. And we're talking preseason. I have to put that disclaimer all the time, you know, September 28th, September 29th, whatever day. God, I, how incredible would it be if in like January someone clips these and just calls us for our bullshit? God, that would be I love. I would love it. <laughs> hey, no, no such thing as bad press. Come bring the heat. But you know, it, it, what I'm talking about when it comes to the swing guy, like I could see this being a top 20 pick right now with an NBA team being like, we know his his foundation, let us work on those skills. He'll be fine. And then I could see if the pressure comes and he can adapt to it and he can not be turnover prone with, with that pressure. I could see Brandon Miller skyrocketing because like you said, there's a lot of, if you want to call it, I like how you did that. The one and done like areas of his game. He's got the size, which will make people drool. I'm convinced that wingspan is going to be plus. Um, the shot looks great. If and I still think he has a very found, like very fascinating in between game too. Mm-hmm. And he looks like he can finish around the basket. So we're talking about a lot of good areas, yeah. especially for a six nine wing. Um, and he's going to be battle testing the SEC, but. You know, this is also a guy that I get excited because I'm like, what if he's not a one and done? Yeah. What if this is a a, a sophomore guy that comes out and he spends a whole off season? I have that scrunch. exact same thought. And and that's where I'm not. Me and Mick have to say this all the time, and we have to say it all the time. We're not rooting against these guys, but I'm watching Brandon Miller, and I'm like, if he has a good freshman year and he doesn't go out, oh my! Like he could be yeah. like, a top player 10 of the block. year. Good. Yeah, yeah. and. That's what I'm just talking about. But I also think potential with him, NBA scouts, front offices would be just foaming at the mouth and they would be like, no, 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 no. Yeah, we're very high on Brandon Miller with, with those tools he already has in his bag. Yeah, so I let's talk about the defense a little bit. Mm-hmm. Wh- where did you kind of come down on that part of his game? Um, because the the size, the lateral movement that you mentioned earlier i think a lot of that shows up in a positive way on defense but did you have any kind of nitpicks or things that you just get really excited about i think there's some good um there's some good awareness and like vision and and important areas obviously i've talked about how he's like lengthy um this is just what i hate metcalf with high school tape it's talked about this is like it it's the intensity with a lot of these guys always gets me like, yeah. okay, he's a senior in high school. Let me not overreact. He's a senior in high school, but you know, if he's going to have to use that length, if he could showcase that he can be a plus defender, poof, he's, he's a one and done. Yeah. Like that's, that's where I'm at with him because there's too much, there's too many tools offensively with his game that if he looks like a guy that's like, he's going to be a, above average defender at worst 
in college this year and has the tools to become a very good defender at the next level. Yeah. He's one and done a hundred percent. But what about you? Like, I know you like to get into the specific nitpicks when it comes to like mm-hmm. player fundamentals and stuff. Was there anything that jumped out at you? Um, like you talked about the intensity, um, just again, obviously it's high school. So you, you kind of have to take it with a grain of salt. I really hated his hustle and transition defense. Um, but you know, not everyone's always hustling in transition defense in high school. So it's like, ugh, all right, as long as that doesn't, as long as we're not seeing that every possession at Alabama, whatever, I'll, you know, erase that from my notes and I don't really care anymore. Uh, but it, that, you know, that's one small thing I'll probably keep an eye on early and just be super eager to change my mind about the second he shows me anything else. Um, the other thing was that he felt a little bit jumpy with his footwork um, I thought his lateral footwork, his balance was 90% of the time, really good, really strong, stable, you know, great base, uh, good hit movement, hit mobility. And, but there's this one game where the guy he was guarding hit him with the same in and out dribble, like five times. And every time he jumped like two feet to the side and it's just like, ah, like you're, you're too you're like you're over anticipating it and it's he's hitting you with the same thing over and over and over again it's like you gotta tighten that up so i'm encouraged by his defense i think he's a good defender um but i think there are some habits there that need to kind of get ironed out and once they do i think he could be a you know bordering great defender yeah i mean it's just always annoying to have to get to that especially the defensive side of the ball because like these high school stars not every one of them that's putting up big scoring numbers is like hey i can't wait to lock in defensively tonight like and i don't i i know i understand it these are teenagers yeah. these are guys that are like no points points matter and i get and, it and, and the upper class and are like i i went through that shit these last two years like yeah, exactly. <laughs> i get to fuck around on offense now so i mean i get it but um like I, I watched the game and he had a sequence where he was back in transition he made a beautiful steal like it was a great read goes up to court throws just a gorgeous a, a gorgeous dime guy blows a layup and i'm like yeah. welcome to high school like it's just like one of those things where i'm like welcome to high school basketball and i get it but that's why I don't obsess too much of that. I We've said this this whole last couple months where we've been doing these breakdowns. We've said, like, it is important to get a feel, to get an idea of what is their game going to be. With Brandon Miller, it looks like he's going to be an offensive weapon that has the ability to shoot it from outside at a high clip. And we're going to see now if he can build off of that idea that me and Metcalf and everybody else that's doing their preseason work can, you know, get excited because that's, that's what you love to see is the first month. All of a sudden it's like, Whoa, mm-hmm. look at his handles. Like then me and you start being like, okay, Brandon Miller, top five, here we go. But <laughs> um, I, I just, there's, this is the foundation. This is what you want to see from a high school player. I think with those tools, yeah. with that measurables, that physical profile. And now that we're at this, um, I'm very excited to watch Bama this year, you know, roll tide. All right, so before we move on, I'm, first I'm glad that you mentioned the passing because I thought that he showed some really impressive passing instincts, um, especially like out of the mid-range and like out of drives and stuff like that, a couple of really nice bounce passes and transitions. So I don't think a guy who's going to average five assists a game, but wouldn't shock me if he's at three. 
and, you know, setting up guys and moving the ball at a high level. But when I watched him and thought about him at Alabama, I kept getting a lot of Herb Jones vibes. Am I insane for thinking that? Oh, I know what you're saying. You're saying uh, senior year, Herb. Yes. No, I don't think you're insane. And everyone hearing that, that's not talking about his defense at all. Herb, senior year, they, they ran everything through him. Yeah. And, and Herb couldn't shoot. And they said, we don't care because you're that special of a creator and you read the floor and you have great vision. I really think that's the area of his game that I was the most intrigued with leaving. Of like, there's something here. Because I kept looking. I watched him pass the ball. And I swear I was like going through his high school box scores. I was like, why are his numbers low? I was like, he, he looks like he's got vision. And then I saw that clip of where he throws a beautiful dime on a two-on-one and the guy just misses a point-blank layup. Sorry to that guy. I'd love to have you on the pod to talk about it. But I was like, come on. I was like, looks like me out there smoking layups. Like, no, smoking is not allowed in the gym. Come on. We know this. That's a basketball rule one-on-one. So, um, and I, but there's flashes there. There's understanding. There's floor awareness, floor vision, just I think he's going to be a damn good basketball player. And, and I am right there with you. He might not average a ton of assists, but he is going to be a guy that teams are going to just love because they're like, we're going to insert him in the starting lineup, and he's going to make things roll with this squad. And he, low maintenance with high upside, like I'm, I'm – I'm buying Brandon Miller, Miller stock and I don't care how much it costs right now. That's, that's what I'm doing Metcalf. What about you? Yeah. I, I have him as a lottery guy right now. Um, <laughs> Bless your heart. <laughs> Bless your heart. I, yeah. And I, I think he's just one of these guys that, you know, can pass, shoot, defend. And those are the guys who typically make it. Um, I'm, I'm just fascinated to see what, the handle looks like and if it has improved and they can really use him as this grab and go guy, this guy who can be like a second side pick and roll creator. Um, that's where I start getting like unreasonably excited about his game, because if that handle really comes along, um, I, I think he's going to be an absolute monster. Um, I, I still worry a little bit about the lack of kind of burst on that first step. And, you know, he didn't create a ton of space in high school, which is never super encouraging, but his size, his shooting mechanics give him a larger room for error in that realm, because it's really tough to kind of contest that length and that size um, on jumpers. So it, if that handle comes along and kind of gets to a point where, um, we're hoping, and he can really play a little more of that initiator role, um, then it's like, oh boy, I, I'm going to be swimming in some dangerous waters. Yeah. Um, and, and, and spoiler alert, we talked about that No Ceilings is going to be doing work with playback this year to scout games live. Me and Metcalf were already like, all right, what Bama game are we watching? Like, what, <laughs> what, what game was it we were talking about the other day? We were like, oh, was it Houston? I think it might have been Houston. Yeah, they're like, oh, Houston Bama, Jarris Walker <laughs> and Brandon Miller. Looks like that might be a playback contender. So um, we've been talking about it, and we still got another guy in this podcast to talk about, but there's a lot of damn good players in this class. This is going to be a fun one. Everyone listening, buckle up. Start 
start buying your stock and drinking your Kool-Aid now. It's going to be a heck of a ride this year. So I'm very excited. I know everyone is going to talk about Victor and Chet. See, did it. Victor and Scoot all year. I get it. We're going to do it too. But there's some guys in this class that I think have a shot to really be exciting players. I think Brandon Miller is one of those guys that could really turn some heads if, if things go right. And we've been saying that with about a lot of these guys in the preseason. Things got to go right for them to start creating some noise, start going up some boards. And um, I just think Brandon Miller is the outside the box one, if you want to say, that you, everyone's got to pay attention to. All right. Well, another one of those guys who could potentially make a really big name for themselves is Cason Wallace, uh, who's headed to Kentucky. Um, I believe he was the number 20 overall recruit, according to ESPN. Um, but 6'4", 193-pound point guard. Um, we had talked a little bit about him uh, in one of our previous episodes and on the side. But w- what are your kind of big picture thoughts with Wallace? Everyone should that's a loyal no ceilings follower. First of all, I love you, but you should know how I feel about Kentucky point guards. And I think Casey Wallace is going to change everything. I think he's going to change how I feel about Kentucky point guards. I just love him. I, I, this is my type of guard. I think he's just feisty as shit. He's going to play tough. And I like how he can play physical and play with his hair on fire and, Looks like he's got some swagger and some competitiveness, but I also like that he can also slow down and play with some change of speed and stuff. So I don't want to go too crazy because I am I am way more fascinated to hear what you said because I, I told you on the last episode or one of the last episodes, I was like, Metcalf, I need you to watch Case and Wallace. We need to talk. I've been waiting. I've been counting down the days until this episode. So you need to tell me. Where are you at? Did you come away impressed or are you lukewarm and about to break my heart? Um, warm, not, not over the, I'm not where you are, but lukewarm would be underselling it. So are you I, top I, 20 or no? 17. Okay. That's a good range. I'll, I'll, I'll you know, you can come back on the pod. <laughs> Um, so I, what, what you were really selling me on the other week was the defense and I, you see it immediately. Mm -hmm. Um, obviously there are some lapses and whatever. He's a high schooler. They all have them. Um, but his footwork, the way he got into guys, the off ball stuff, uh, when he really wanted to defend off ball and deny the guy, the ball, there was no chance they were getting it. Um, he loves himself. Some transition blocks he will line those guys up and stalk them from half court. Um, and then he has the hops to do it pretty consistently. I thought that was a tremendous amount of fun. Um, offensively, I have some questions. Um, the shot, the shot didn't feel like it was there, but it also didn't feel broken. Like mm-hmm. it was like, it's coming. I'm not sure it will be there this year, but in the next couple, I think it'll be there. He was comfortable taking pull-ups and spot-ups. Um, I loved how he pressured the rim. He got there whenever he wanted, but I was a little underwhelmed by his ball handling. Um, and then I, I I just loved how simple he played on offense. And I hope that it doesn't come across as a criticism because it's meant as a huge compliment. But his passing, his slashing, his decision-making – 
he just took what the defense gave him and just played easy. And I love that about a point guard. Whoa, someone's making money over there. I did not mean to hit that, but <laughs> spoiler alert, there's some sound effects coming for the next year. So ching. Um, that's me buying case of all this stock. No, uh, I understand everything you're saying. And, and when I'm saying I'm in love with him, I don't, I'm not having him in my top 10 yet. I'm not there, I, but I think he's a top 20 guy that if I was a team that needed a, a jolt in my backcourt, I would be very pumped getting Case and Wallace at 15 right now. I would just be like, yeah, because this is, he's an alpha male. He's got that mentality. And you can see when he's on defense, he is in his comfort zone. He is like, welcome to my nightmare. It's literally Freddy Krueger in every Nightmare on Elm Street movie. I I love him as a defender. I know exactly what you're talking about when he's playing transition defense. It's just like, oh, this is awesome. To it's, like, it's like he almost gets excited about when his guys turn yes. the ball over. It's like, oh, yes, I get to murder someone at the rim. <laughs> but it's like he's just playing a different speed on defense. Yeah. Like it, it, he is like, no, you're in, my, you're in my world now. I think the offense – I was expecting the offense to be worse than it was. Um, I thought the shot, like you said, it, it's not awesome. It's not terrible. So I was like, there's something there. I think he's a little smooth. I think he's got a little wiggle. I think he understands where to get to his spots. Like there's some good foundational skills and going to Kentucky as, as much as I give them crap, they do a great job and I don't give Kentucky crap. I'm just saying like, I can never figure out Kentucky point guards. This might be the first one I ever figure out. He's going to a great spot that's going to teach him how to be a pro. Like Calipari does a great job of getting guys ready for the NBA. We all know that. Everybody knows that about him. Um, so I'm I'm very excited to watch Kentucky now because we've talked on previous episodes about his teammate, Chris Livingston. They got two guys I absolutely love in this class. So I was like, finally, a year where I'm pumped to watch Kentucky basketball. Um, but I, I love his defense, and I'm a sucker for defense. Um, everybody knows that about me, but you know, as a senior, he averaged 19.9 points, 7.4 rebounds, 6.1 assists. And, um, I love that Metcalf. I'd love when guys and point guards are willing to just do a little bit of everything. So, um, I don't know. I don't know where to go from here. I don't know what to do with my hands. Shout out Ricky Bobby. (laughs) So I'm going to be a little bit of a Debbie downer. Um, well, that's what you do. Everybody knows yeah, that yeah. about you. I'll do that joke all night, <laughs> folks. I don't care. It's just classic Metcalf trait. Um, I am, I, I'm, I'm kind of worried about how Kentucky's going to use him. So, Because cool, they got Wheeler still, right? They do. And in high, oh, in, in high school, Case and Wallace played a lot <laughs> off-ball. Um, because he was Let me a tell you about Wheeler. That, no, I'm that, kidding. Go ahead. It's inevitable with a lot of these guys who end up playing point guard at the next levels. They play a lot of off ball in high school um, just because of, you know, sizes and whatnot. But I hated his off ball movement. And if, you know, Kentucky has a tradition, let's say, of not letting guys main thing be the main thing a lot of the time, see Devin Booker, see Carl Anthony Towns see 8,000 other examples. Um, I am worried that they just plant him in that, you know, two guard role, play him off ball a lot more kind of like they did with Ty Ty this last year, not 
really allow him to show and develop those true pure point guard skills and just use him as the kind of defensive cornerstone. Um, if that happens, I really worry about what happens to his draft stock um, because the the numbers obviously won't be there. And then all we'll really have to go off of is spot minutes as, of him as the, the primary point guard and him as a defender, which I, I think the defensive film will be incredible. I have no worries about that. But I think there are some really big learning curves that he has to work through as that true point guard. Um, and I just worry that he won't be afforded that opportunity where it really kind of pays dividends later in the year. It'll take me two games and I will probably have a vent session on this podcast with you of being like, did you watch Kentucky? They're doing the nightmare Metcalf. Like I I completely agree with you. That's my one fear about it, but I'm going to do a little fun game here. All right. So here's what's going to happen. I have a guy that he reminds me of. He's in the NBA right now. I'm going to read you his college stats. It would have been so much better if you were like, he's in like Austria's third division. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to, um, I'm going to read his college stats and I want to see if you can guess who it is. No no chance. Okay. Um, He played one year. There's your hint. Played in the Pac-10. Pac-10. He played 27 minutes a game. He averaged 8.5 points, 3.8 rebounds, 3.7 assists. 1.6 1.6 steals shot 45% from the field, 30% from three and 72% from the line started every game. Ooh, did this guy start? Is this guy a veteran or he, a younger guy? He is a veteran. Does he play in Milwaukee? Yes, he does. Does he have a couple brothers? Yes, they. <laughs> yes, he does. The Holiday Inn. No, but yeah. I, that's what I got the vibes of. Is yeah, I, 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 I got some of that as well. So he, even I, kind of the shooting mechanics and stuff, the exactly. way he moves, the way he just kind of stalks ball handlers and stuff. Yeah, no, I, and I, I was like, I was like, Kason needs to get to Kentucky. Calipari just needs to slam the locker room door shut, lock it, and be like, "Here's Drew Holiday film for." four hours you cannot leave until you've watched it because i think that's his that's his future i i think there's a really good basketball player there that like he might not put up the big numbers at kentucky his freshman year but i could see a team drafting him earlier than we're expecting um you know shout out my Thunder fans out there, this is a Presti special of just uh, I know they have 15 point guards, but this is like what I'm saying where Presti just took guys early because he saw the upside and the stock, you know, return on investment. Like he drafted Westbrook. Westbrook didn't have great college stats. Go look at him. Everybody knows that about him. Everybody knows that about him. See, I'm having way too much fun with this. But that's what I'm saying. That Catholic Drew Holiday. I'm buying it. I'm telling you, this is a good podcast because I love both of these guys. And I'm gonna, I thought you were going to go one for two. And now I'm going to be selling you Case and Wallace stock all year. No, uh, so I, I, we asked the question with Brandon Miller. Are we sure he's a one and done? Are we sure Case and Wallace is a one and done? Obviously, we have a whole season and all that disclaimer nonsense. But the Kentucky right now, fit with Wheeler is so scary. I, I just and, have no idea how they're going to use them, and it terrifies me. And I know we're going to get DMs, and I'm so excited for Please. that conversation. 
but they and I, that's the exact reason I'm scared of Livingston. But I also just love Livingston. Kaysen's gonna play because he he he's a dog. Yeah, they needed they need dogs. Um, Wheeler, <laughs> oh, man, I. I, I'm not trying to dog him, but it's just watching some games. I'm like, oh man, slow down, slow down, slow. Down. Yeah, and I, I, I just I wish that he was afforded the opportunity. And you know, obviously, season hasn't started, so hopefully he does. I'm just you know preparing for the worst. Um, Why I do you have wish... to do that? Why can't you be positive? It's, everyone knows that about me. I can't do that. <laughs> uh. <laughs> uh. Um, well, okay, so you got him 17. You said Brandon Miller lottery. What's what's lottery? Uh, twelve. Good. That's a good number. That's a good number. Um, sorry, thirteen. No, no. You're I'm lying. illiterate. Everyone yeah. knows that about me. So, <laughs> um, no, I mean I, I like both these guys a lot. I know we've talked about a lot of players, but these are the little. I could say that these are not sleepers, but these are the swing guys. I really could see Casey Wallace comes out and showcases some, some versatility and his defensive ability. I could see him heating up in this point guard class. Um, because that's also an area that everyone has to remember is like, we're talking about all these prospects, but you, you also got to remember like the rankings, like scoot is probably going to be the number one point guard. Nick Smith's going to have his, you know, his cup of tea, his, his little resume to, to go off of. But then you start looking like, okay, who's going to be the next couple couple guys after that? Um, please don't make me consider the Thompson twins a point guard. I don't want to do that right now. But you know what I'm trying to say, Metcalf? Yeah. Yeah, and I, I, I'm really excited about Kaysen because he's just going to provide that backcourt um, a look that they really haven't had in recent years, just with his combination of defense and rim pressure. They haven't had a point guard who can do that since SGA, probably. If you know, just thinking back on recent years, so I, I'm I'm just praying that he's kind of given the freedom to run that team and run that offense, even if it looks a little ugly and is a little clunky at the beginning of the year. I just really hope that he's not put in the Ty Ty Washington role necessarily of kind of handing off the point guard roles and playing this two point guard system because it didn't work last year. I don't think it would work this year. Um, and for the love of God, I hope Oscar Sheepway has learned how to call out a screen. Can we knock it off with Oscar slander? All well, the guy well, does I, I, I will gladly stop once he learns how to call out a screen. That's all. He's a hell of a um, rebounder. I'm trying to think of a another good question but i got i got nothing no i i i love both these guys i really do um i was trying to look at brandon miller on my big board and be like metcalf who would you take him or blank and then i can't really find a good one because so, i know how we feel about kaluma so i'm not putting him in that conversation yeah so um as of right now i have chris livingston at 10 kaluma at 11 um jet Howard you have at livingston 12. at 10 I love that. Okay. Wow. Good. Uh, Jed Howard at 12 and then Brandon Miller at 13. I getting on my flight and I'm watching some serious Jed Howard. You're <laughs> pushing that. Okay. All right. All right. I love that. Um, but, so I, we're, we're both obviously really high on 
Brandon Miller and Casey Wallace. We, I'm really excited about both of them this year, but I'm also not a hundred percent sold that they're both going to be one and done guys. And I, you know, we stated it all last year. We'll have to state it again all this year. We don't think going back for another year is a bad thing. And I think if both of these guys and if either of these guys end up returning for their sophomore year, I think both would be in the running for SEC player of the year, for national player of the year, for top 10 pick. I think they would have monster sophomore seasons. I think the big determinant is what are their numbers going to look like? And even if the numbers aren't there, what type of impact are they making? Because they, they, they're primed for really interesting roles this year. And depending on what they're allowed to do could really swing their outlook. I I completely agree with you. I think there's a lot of names in this class right now that we're looking at. It looks stacked. It looks so damn impressive. Not every one of these guys is going to hit the ground running. It's important to remember that. Um, It's going to quickly become obvious that some guys are probably going to be more than a one and done. They're probably going to need a couple of years. Like I'm looking at my list and I'm like, okay, who's it going to be? But there's, there's talent. This is a deep class right now. And with that is also not a bad thing, but if you're coming, if you're thinking about declaring for the draft and you're getting told with your feedback that you're like, Hey, I'm probably 20 to 30, but if you go back and work on your hand a little bit, you might be top 10. That's how highly we think of you. A lot of guys will probably go back. And that's, we've always talked about this. That's awesome. I love when guys return, make yourself the best possible basketball prospect and player you can before you start running with the big boys. And I know it's exciting to talk about freshmen. We've done a lot of podcasts about incoming freshmen. I get it, but I love the returners guys that are like, Hey, okay, I know what to work on. I'm going to work my butt off in the off season and see what happens. And these guys could be that story, but they also could shock some people and become serious prospects for this class. But um, it's looking like a great class Metcalf. I'm very excited about it. And um, wow. I love that you have Chris Livingston so, so high. I'm just really proud of you for that. Uh, it, it's almost like he's benefiting from having to play with Judah Mintz. And it's just like, I, I'm, I'm rewarding him for making it through that. <laughs> Don't say that Max will roll his eyes. Um, <laughs> is there anyone looking at your big board? Cause we've just got yeah. both of ours out in front of us right now. Is there anyone you're uh, still a little puzzled by heading into the year? You're a little uncomfortable by you're a little. Um, Among the freshmen that we've talked about, Khalil Ware is probably at the top of the list. um, Ware's giving me some puzzles. I'm Um, excited to go scout him in person. uh, It was tough to see Rocco not have a great start to his season overseas. I haven't gotten to that yet. What did he do? Um, I, I just think he had like zero points and three rebounds. Um, A stat line of something like that. He's playing with Gasol's new team, correct? I just haven't gotten around to watching that. Sorry, guys. Like, I'm trying to get some stuff. As I announced earlier, we're trying to get some stuff in preparation. So those those films have to get caught up on flights and stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, poor Rocco. Uh, Grady Dick season. is one of the freshmen that I'm really excited to see what he looks like because, God, that kid can shoot. But 
you know, I think we talked about it when we did the McDonald's All-American recap. He looked the most like a kid out there. And it's like, this dude's got to go through some some physical development and start putting on some muscle real quick. Yeah, it, it wasn't even just that for me when I watched that game. I just like, this This isn't a, a white thing. He just looked like the guy that was furthest behind. Yeah. Like, he looked like the guy that I was like, maybe not a one-and-done guy. And there's nothing wrong with that. We just said that. And please don't. Especially at Kansas. Yeah, and please don't read that the wrong way. I was, I was just watched him, and I was like, this is the guy that looks like he has the most to adjust. Now, he's going to the right place. We talk about fits, and we I love that he's going to Kansas. Uh, you know, they have a pretty good uh, track record with getting some accomplishment out of wings that can shoot. So, yeah, I mean, I'm, I, I, Khalil is a good one. I'm, I'm a little puzzled by that. Filipowski I talked about on the last episode of Duke. I still need to watch him a little bit more. And then the, the only other one, you know, at this moment, you know, a million others will come up the second we get games. Um, but Leonard Miller, um, he was a guy that you and I talked about last year and I didn't get it uh, last year. Um, and I got the idea, but I thought the reality of it was so far away from that idea. So I'm, I'm, really really excited to see what he looks like with this ignite team um especially against the metropolitans next week and how he looks going against other pros yeah i mean i mean i'm i'm not going just to see victor and scoot obviously that's the heavyweight bout but i'm i'm i need to see what's up with leonard miller i i didn't see it last year either and i've watched as much as possible i'm not trying to ever downplay any prospect but um watching last year and some of the comments i read i was like yeah wherever you guys get you know your liquor from tell them tell them to send me a bottle <laughs> like i was just like hey I, I respect like i've always said this i respect everyone's opinion if you do the work i don't care how crazy your takes are like i know you put in the work but um when everyone was pumping that i, I watched a couple games and i was like whoa Okay, I'm not, I'm not going to be on that island with you guys, but I'm 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 rooting for him. And then when he said he was going to go play with the Ignite, I was like, yes, now that is where you should be going. That's the right decision. So very excited to watch the Leonard Miller. Um, I'm freaking out to watch City. I, I think he could steal the show. I really liked his game when I was watching overseas. So, um, but yeah, Leonard Miller is gonna. Woo! That's gonna be a fun one to. To remember, it, it, it's going to be funny because I'm going to be so pumped for Victor versus Scoot that I feel like all of a sudden I'm going to get on the floor and be like, "Who? Oh, that's Leonard Miller." <laughs> I'm just going to like forget. Like, yeah, Leonard Miller. I'm excited to watch him. So um, that's all I got, Metcalf. This is a good one, and and I can't believe that game's happening next week. And it feels like we're going to blink, and all of a sudden it's just going to be full force ahead. College hoops is back. Yep, we are just about there. We'll have more, obviously, coming next week. We'll have a lot coming next week with those Victor versus Scoot games with uh, Playback Monday, October 3rd, 7.30 Eastern on Playback. Um, It'll be plastered across all our socials. Um, So make sure to check it out. Come and hang out with us. Come watch a a really fun game with some really talented basketball players. It's going to be a good time. Uh, Rucker, tell the people where they can find you. Um, I'm at noceilingsmba.com. 
It's free, folks. Um, October 24th, we will be back full force every day. Um, just like year one, it was a fantastic first rookie season, rookie of the year. We're coming, we're coming for that MVP award soon. So please subscribe, um, help us out and, um, message us. Let's talk hoops. Um, other than that, I'm on Tyler underscore Rucker on Twitter and Metcalf. Thank you as always. And you make sure you have yourself a good weekend. Stay safe. Go Gophers. And, uh, you know. I'm sorry about your Detroit Lions last week, but just the better team won. <laughs> Did they? Goal, they, baby. They, goal. they didn't control a minute of that game, but fucking frauds. Uh, um, anywho, <laughs> I was about to say travel safe, but you know. <laughs> no, f- f- fly safe this weekend. Uh, excited to talk next week. Uh, but once again, I'm Tyler Metcalf. You can follow me on Twitter at tmetcalf11. You can find all of our No Ceilings merchandise at noceilingsnba.bigcartel.com and all of our written work at noceilingsnba.com. It's 100% free. Just click that subscribe button. You can follow us across all socials at noceilingsnba and on YouTube at noceilingstv. If you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to subscribe, leave a review, and a five-star rating. Until next time, see you.